For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, Badger fans, welcome back to another episode of the Open Gym Podcast. I'm Jim Polzine, columnist for Badger Extra. You can always find this podcast on badgerextra.com slash opengym or in our free-to-download app. If you're already a subscriber to Badger Extra, thank you so much. If you're not, please consider joining us for a ton of great exclusive content, including this podcast, videos, a bunch of recruiting stuff. Jake Kokorowski has been working really, really hard on recruiting in the Luke Fickle era, so be sure to go to the site and check that out, in addition to much, much more exclusive content. If you have a question for my mailbag, tweet me at WSJ or send me an email, jpolzine at madison.com. Always look forward to a lot of great questions. This week's mailbag is, again, packed with a bunch of basketball stuff, football stuff, and much, much more. So let's get started this week with the Jim's Gem. I want to talk a little bit this week about post-game interviews and what goes on behind the scenes. I know a lot of you probably read my column early this week criticizing some UW football players for not being available after losses, after they were available after wins. That column got considerable attention and a little bit of blowback, and that's fine. You know, I gave my opinion, and... I stand by it. But there's a flip side to this, and that's athletes talking after tough losses. And that's what I saw Saturday night at the UW Fieldhouse after the Badgers volleyball team lost a five-set heartbreaker. Uh, One of the players that they brought in was Danielle Hart, and she could not have been better. It was just an amazingly difficult time for her, a six-year senior whose career is over and has to come answer questions um, after a really, really tough match. Uh, I could not have been more impressed by her. And let me pause for a second to share a story that I always like to tell about Zach Showalter, who, as you remember, was a UW men's basketball player. His final game in college was the overtime loss to Florida out at Madison Square Garden, um, which, as heartbreakers go, is probably about as difficult as you can for an athlete to cope with. But what I'm always going to remember from that night is that he's in the middle of the locker room, a really packed locker room, and we're all kind of surrounding him. And uh, I got in there a little bit late because I was writing a story for the buzzer that night. And mid, somebody asked him a question, and, and mid-answer, he spots me and just stops his answer and reaches out and shakes his hand and just thanks me. And he did the same to Jeff Patrikas that night, too. And that's always going to stick with me because here's a guy in his, one of his toughest moments showing the poise, composure, respect, all of that stuff to stop and just say, hey, thanks. And, and we spent a lot of time with each other over five years, and I think there was a mutual respect. So when Zach showed that that night, I thought it was great. Um, And I saw something similar on Saturday night with Danielle Hart, who her answer about um, how she handled the locker room after that match was sensational. She had talked about being in that moment several times as an underclassman, where the season ends, uh, whoever the senior is in the locker room that night stops and says, listen, we've come close to winning it all. We're going to get over the hump at some point. Just keep sticking with it, keep fighting, keep pushing through. And then last year, Daniel Hart got to witness the celebration after the Badgers won the championship, but was injured and didn't get to really feel it as though she had been totally part of it. So fast forward a year later, and she thinks there's a chance that the Badgers are going to win a back-to-back title, and they fall short with a loss at home in the regional final. Um, And her message to her teammates Saturday night was, keep fighting. 
I know we've won one, but we're going to win more. And, and let this be a lesson to, of, of what you need to do to kind of fight through these moments. And she could not have shown a more, um, more poise or more composure in that moment. And then the thing that probably none of you got to see is that at one point she locked eyes with Dennis Punzel, our, our beat reporter. And again, it's a little bit like Showalter and I. They had spent a lot of time together. There's a mutual respect. They've, you know, they've, they've always worked together, and, and, and she's answered questions, and he's written stories on her. So there's a lot of history there. And they caught eyes in the middle of, of I think Kelly Sheffield was talking, and it was just this real um, poignant moment where, where Danielle's sad. She, she looks at Dennis. Dennis you know, is in a tough spot because he's a journalist, um, and yet he's a very caring man, and he realizes that Danielle is in a moment of hurt. And they just kind of ex- exchanged this glance, and it was just really heartfelt for someone who's just kind of watching it all happen. So I want to commend Danielle and really all the volleyball team um, Tough way to lose, and yet I thought they handled it with class. Kelly Sheffield could have come in there and complained about calls or things not going their way, and I just thought he showed a tremendous amount of, uh, of respect for Pittsburgh and class and, and, and how, he did, how he just handled his team and, and moved on and, and showed respect. So kudos to the volleyball team and especially Daniel Hart because um, I don't know that I would have handled that moment like that, but, but they sure handled it with class. Now let's move on to this week's mailbag. All right, a couple of basketball questions this week, and that's kind of, we know what time of year it is by when the more basketball questions start rolling in. So we've got a couple on the men's basketball team, both here and then the mailbag's full of them. First question, how sustainable is the Badger basketball team's model for winning going further into the season? Also, how much aspirin should I stock up on? Uh, very funny, because, I, you know, remember a week ago I wrote after the win over Maryland that this, season, this team is going to test your patience. It's going to test your... Uh, head and far as far as giving you headaches, and it's just a team that's going to play a lot of close games, and you're going to have to sit there on your couch and get used to it. That games are always going to be close, so stock up on aspirin definitely, and probably stock up for four months worth. Um, how sustainable is this? Is a great question because I think we saw last year that this almost this exact same thing played out, where they just were in a ton of close games, they won most of them, and yet if you were realistic, you kind of knew all along that the season was going to end somewhere, some way, with a close, tough loss, right? And I think you could probably say the same thing about this season. Um, I don't think this team is good enough to blow teams out, to blow good teams out. Uh, And yet, I don't think they're going to get blown out very often because they are gritty as heck and they're going to stick with you and make life difficult on you for 40 minutes or in some cases 45 minutes. Um, So I think we can expect this all season. And how sustainable is it? I'm not sure. Listen, they're going to lose some close games at some point. They might get in a stretch where they lose multiple close games in a row. Uh, it's been a little bit, uh, you know, tough to gauge how good this team is because they don't extend against teams that they maybe could extend against. The other night against Iowa was one of those those games where it felt like they should be ahead by more. It felt like they should have ended it in regulation without much of a sweat, and then they let Iowa back in it, and you know, it 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 became a game and went to overtime and it was a stressful game for Greg Gard and fans everywhere. Um, so I think it's going to be like that all season. I just don't think this team ceiling is all that high, um, unless a couple things happen. Um, Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, if they elevate their games even more and the next round of players, those core players, can elevate the, those, their games even more, then I think the ceiling goes up on this team. But right now, it looks like a little bit of a flawed team who's surviving on smarts and grit and hustle and, and great coaching. Um, so we'll see how long that can last. But like I said, my warning is that I think at some point they're going to start 
losing some of these close games, and it's going to even out a little bit. Uh, I'll reiterate, still think this is a top six Big Ten team, still think it's an NCAA tournament team, and it's not going to have to sweat through selection Sunday. But it, they're going to leave you on a roller coaster ride all season long, so strap in and, and be ready for it. Okay, another basketball question. Who has the biggest ceiling on this team? Uh, this is a funny one. On my drive-in to record the podcast today, I was thinking Chucky Hepburn was going to be my answer. And would that be a good answer? Because I, th- I still think that Chucky Hepburn has more to give. He's been a really good player. Lately, he's really elevated his game. I still think in terms of ceiling, he, his ceiling is pretty high and he can give more. I'm going to go back to Stephen Crowell because I think there's more in Stephen Crowell. And anytime you have a seven-footer that can um, you know, dribble, can pass the way he does, uh, can be versatile, um, I think there's a lot there that's untapped. And I think, it's, I think we're seeing signs of it at times, and especially the other night. I mean, you know, the, the hook shot he made um, to put the Badgers ahead for good, I thought was a big moment where you know, he didn't shy from it. He took the big shot you know, with conviction. I thought that was a big moment. I keep waiting for the... Junior jump, the explosion, the, the, you know, I keep using Frank Kaminsky, and it's totally unfair because I don't think Stephen Crowell is going to be to Frank Kaminsky's level. But I think there's a jump left inside of him, maybe a John Luer type jump. Um, and I think he's going to be a really, really good player, perhaps by next season a first or second team All-Big Ten player. Now, if we see that this year, that changes my expectations for this team. If he can elevate his game, I think this becomes a really, really good team that can contend for the Big Ten title even and make a run into the second weekend in, um, in the NCAA tournament. Um, but the thing with Stephen Crowell is it's not, we're not seeing it consistently enough. Um, if something clicks, and I still think it could at some point this year, uh, I think that changes the dynamics of this team and really how we view Stephen Crowell. So in terms of the biggest ceiling, I'm going to go with Crowell, and, and I think it could happen this year. Final question of the week. Do you see the football program having the same level of investment slash commitment to walk-ons under Fickle as it did under Elvarez, Bielema, Christ? Uh, that's a good question, and let me start with a caveat, is that we haven't really gotten to talk to Luke Fickle a ton. Um, actually, as this podcast is being recorded later today, there's a press conference scheduled for Luke Fickle, so we're going to have more stuff on Badger Extra Tuesday, Wednesday, the rest of the week. Um, and I think one of those questions will be recruiting and, and walk-ons and stuff like that. Let me just say from the early impressions of Luke Fickle, I think it's going to be important to him. Um, The fact that some of his first on-the-road recruiting was in-state, getting out to Waukesha Catholic Memorial and other big-time programs, I think is important. I think he's smart enough to realize that you have to establish a relationship with in-state players and and coaches. Um, And if you're doing that, you're not just getting the high-end guys. You're you're wanting to get the guys that fill out rosters and the walk-ons that can become something and maybe come here for a couple years and pay their own way and then eventually become scholarship players. So my sense is that Fickle will uh, value the walk-on program. Certainly that's something that Chris McIntosh would have stressed in the uh, interview process because I think, as we all know, Gary Anderson uh, didn't show enough love to the Wisconsin football high school coaches or players, um, and he let some slippage come into the program. And you know, late in the Paul Christ era, they didn't do a good enough job of landing the big-time prospects from Wisconsin. So I definitely think that's something that Luke Fickle needs to buckle down and show a priority towards. I think you all remember in his opening press conference, he said there was a 300-mile radius that he wanted to operate the recruiting under, where that would be their priority is kind of within the 300 miles of, of Madison. Um, so I think that means something. I, I do think that he'll value uh, the players in Wisconsin and not just the, the really good ones. I, I think he will try to build up the walk-on program because, as we all know, that's absolutely necessary here. Those guys are the erasers, as Barry Alvarez always called them. When you miss on kids, on high-end kids, on kids you're giving scholarships to, it's the walk-on types like Jimmy Leonard um, that come in and fill holes and, and, and give you something that maybe you weren't expecting. So 
Um, definitely a question for Luke Fickle, but I think he'll value that, that part of the program. And here's what to watch for this week on Badger Extra. This week in Badger History, our video series by Jay Kokorowski looks back on the end of the Bull Ryan UW coaching tenure. Uh, I was actually part of this video. Jake and I shot it back over the summer. Uh, I was there the night that Bull Ryan retired. It was crazy, and it was a Tuesday night and very, very late, and I kind of break down what I saw and went through that night, and so be sure to check that out. Also, the men's basketball program returns to action on Thursday when it hosts Lehigh. The Badgers are ranked number 22 after a big week in which they beat ranked Maryland and then one on the road at Iowa. So they return to action. They have three non-conference games until the turn of the calendar, so be on the lookout for that. And like I said earlier, I'm going to have some football stuff. Colton, Colton Bartholomew will have some football stuff. Uh, don't know what exactly that will be. It's going to depend on what Luke Fickle says or doesn't say at the news conference on Tuesday. But be sure to check that out because we've got a ton of great stuff, ideas lined up, and it's just a matter of who we get to talk to and when we get to talk to them. So be on the lookout for that on BadgerExtra.com. And that's it for this week's Open Gym Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. I think we're going to take a couple weeks off after that for a holiday hiatus. But be sure to check us out next week. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about with the football and men's basketball programs and anything else that comes up. If you have a question for me, tweet me at WSJ or send me an email, jpolzine at madison.com. Again, be sure to check out this week's mailbag. It's loaded with great questions and hopefully great answers, too. And finally, one more sell job for Badger Extra. Be sure to check it out. Got a, great, a lot of great exclusive content on there. This podcast, videos, uh, recruiting, legend series. I didn't mention that earlier. The legend series where we took a look at five greats in UW history. So... Be sure to check that out. Once you get in there, you kind of get sucked into a lot of great content. So we'd love to have you. The subscription numbers are going up, and we'd love to have you join forces with us. So thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.